So yeah. I had uh, a nightmare with the pre-order for Halo 2. Like, just a nightmare. And I remember having to, like, I, I ordered it in, like, my hometown, and it came out my first year in college. It was, like, November oh. of my first year in college, and I had to get it switched over. And this was back before internet made things a lot easier. This was back when, like, the Spider-Man 3 trailer took me 40 minutes to fucking download. I had to watch a two minute trailer. Those like, days. Yeah. So, yeah. like, the internet, there was no, like, easy kind of shifting over process behind the scenes. It was a bunch of calling back and forth, and it was a nightmare. But it ended up being, uh, freshman year of college, I had no fucking ride, no way to get around anywhere, and GameStop was, like, maybe three miles off campus. <laughs> And I walked there midnight to get that fucking game. And then walked Damn, you all the way fucking back. It was how excited I was for that shit. I was fucking dead excited. <laughs> I had, like, the worst that I had to deal with at Halo 2 midnight launch was, uh, luckily, Nathan went with me. We drove up comfortably in my car, had a nice time. We got to hang out wow. with each other while we waited <laughs> in line at GameStop. Uh, the worst part of it was, like, those awkward times when the people in front of you like talk to you for like maybe 10 minutes and then you guys don't talk and you just stand there and it's this weird little thing like it's this it's this suedo friendship that doesn't <laughs> exist and completely dissipates but it exists for like those long uncomfortable hours and i hate those things Oh man, I was gonna say I missed that shit. It's <laughs> it's oh. so fucking weird. I really enjoyed that. Like we'd go to like a launch night for like a Call of Duty or something, and like there'd just be a whole bunch of like people I remember from high school who were there, and like it was a nice little catch up. And like, hey, what's going on? Oh, you brought a fucking TV in your car. Well, let's go fucking play that. Like meet up with <laughs> I. It was cool. Like, I've done Black Fridays where, like, I waited in line outside of Best Damn. Buy overnight and, like, met people, like, had, like, a German guy cook fucking some kind of worse, some kind of bratwurst. And, like, I got some. It was great. Like, I made so many good friends. I, I love that shit. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the only thing I ever did like that outside of, like, some of the GameStop tournaments that they would occasionally host on Midnight Launch Nights, uh... Funnily enough, was Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. I I hung out like ten hours before that movie like Whoa. opened. I like, was gonna I ask was if this was the movie then. Yeah, well, and so we uh, eventually like we got clearance with the people like at the theater to like let us set up a TV and a Nintendo sixty four in the lobby while we waited. So then like. That was really cool. I remember that. Like, all these people that were super huge Star Wars nerds, we were all, like, taking turns on, like, N64, like, with the wrestling games and all that shit, like, foreplay. It was it was a lot of exciting fun. I was also a freshman in high school, so that was okay. Uh, That's a pretty good way to wait with a four-player co-op game, something like that, to pass the time. That's a good way to do it. Man, you know it was a sick-ass 64 game, and it actually fucking relevant to episode two in this saga uh they fucking re-released star wars episode one racer the oh. fucking pop racer game <laughs> i want to get that shit i've had my finger on the buy button so many times because really? it's, it's dropped on sale to like seven or eight bucks a few times i'm like on it's what? like a rental PS4 price or steam and switch all of them they've all yeah. dropped that low at different times and i i want it man i fucking been... love that game dude yeah it's I'll admit, it, 
that fucking Ooh. has a ridiculous uh, difficulty curve. Okay, I bet. I don't remember it. I remember being pretty decent at it. But what did happen was I got the PlayStation 4 uh, when they had, what, Battlefront? And it was a Star Wars edition. And you had four digital games. And it's like this PlayStation 2 Bounty Hunter game with Django. Fucking cool. I'm never going to play it. Um, a bunch of shit and on there. And that was like the Obi-Wan game? Yeah, there was one of that those. Xbox one? I remember uh, that one. Super Star Wars. And then... There was uh, Episode 1 Racer Revenge, which was like a PlayStation 2 like remake of oh, the Episode that. 1 game. They had like big bulbous heads, Ooh. I think. Uh, right? That might be something else. This one that felt, might have been the, the it looked racer. exactly like the 64 Racer, but just a little bit nicer visuals. But I'll tell you what, two races, and I was like, I can't play this fucking game. This is brutal. <laughs> I can't control shit. I don't know. And I just thought it was like a bad port. But maybe it's that difficulty curve. I just don't remember. <laughs> One cool thing I remember about the 64 version, and I'm sure it should be super easy to replicate now, but I remember you could play it with two 64 controllers. Did you ever play that way? No. Yeah, so you would use both joysticks to, like, control the pod racer, like, forward, backwards. That's how you would turn. Oh, that's interesting. It was did pretty you, cool, man. Did you do that often enough to, like, be pretty decent at it? I mean, I remember <laughs> doing it enough, honestly. I don't... Like I said, that game's difficulty curve either way, I feel like. Once you get to around, like, race 12, like, it becomes almost impossible. For some reason, I remember at least. I was probably also wow. just a shitty kid that sucked at games, <laughs> but... There's a touch of that there, yeah. too, you know. This is the N64 era, so... yeah. Yeah, there have been so many games I've gone back to from this this era, specifically the PlayStation 1 and Nintendo 64 era, and I'm like, you were just a dumb fucking kid that didn't read the instructions and were just right. hitting start, 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 start through everything. <laughs> it's not that hard, Ryan, from <laughs> fucking 10 years ago. <laughs> it's not, but we made it way harder. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you ever get like 120 stars in Mario or anything? Um, I don't... Ooh, I never got... Full completion in 64 Mario 64 that was probably one of the last times I really tried to in a Mario game mm-hmm. but I still didn't get full, the full 120 I'm the same because that game gets just frustrating with the controls so yeah. I, as a little kid like I just didn't want to fuck with it mm-hmm. especially like when you get to the, the rainbow road ish level on yep. like the magic carpet like the dude, rainbow ride level. and tick tock clock can go fuck TikTok themselves with that precision sucked. needed mm-hmm. yeah they yeah. both were uh, pretty pretty all around awful. So, yep. Uh, yep. I really enjoy that we're talking all these video game talks in the <laughs> movie TV episode. Uh, that's pretty uh, modus operandi for Experience Grind. It's true. It's whatever goes. It's what we goes. do here, folks. <laughs> if you expect professionalism, uh, go fuck yourself. Yeah, or like go to another podcast. But yeah, fuck yourself on your way. On the way to that. Yeah, please. <laughs> Uh, fuck yourself and fuck off back to it. <laughs> what? Starting off 2021 hostile, really like it. Uh, that's what we're going in with. That's the energy we're taking. I fucking love it. Uh, but we're not talking about 2021, bro. We're going to be talking a whole lot about the greatest year of all time. <laughs> 2020. Oh. Uh, mark it in the record books. Yeah. Everybody yeah. loved it. No complaints. And with that... Uh, 
We're going to break down our favorite moments. Moment number one. <laughs> Finding out about COVID. <laughs> wow. What a shock. Yeah. Um, Time capsule. <laughs> it's weird. So we, I briefly touched on it outside of the show, and then we we're like, hey, let's shut up and record so we get some of this on there. Uh, shockingly, I did not watch almost anything in mm-hmm. 2020 uh i saw three movies and one of those i'm being generous with because it was a technical last year release so i essentially saw two new movies this year not stuff that i have already seen so that was pretty wild yeah and uh very little tv to be honest as well i did not uh do a lot of passive media in 2020 but you'll mm. come to see in the next episode i was very involved in the uh, active media, I guess. Video games. I got. I played a shitload of yeah. those. I guess. Didn't realize I did that till looking back through 2020. So uh, I think this episode will probably be a little more Ryan heavy as you take lead on a lot of uh, <laughs> new things. And then uh, I've got some of the things that I want to bring up. And I have uh, one show that I plan to get into. Um, I don't know if you have any of those as well. So yeah. So oh, some yeah. things like that. Um, but yeah, uh, I think we have one probably matching TV show as well. So you w- we could go ahead and start with that. If you I'm want gonna... to. I bet you it's not on my list because I figured you would have it. And you, oh. you said you didn't have a lot. So I kind of left the ones I thought you'd take for you. But Well, for sure. I think this is like the only thing we both watched uh-huh. all the way through together. Which, Well, not together, but this year, which was Lovecraft Country on HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on a book of the same name. Mm-hmm. That deals with creepy squid monsters, time travel, and racism in 1950s Southern America. So, you know, it's chock full of feel-goodery. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, with 2020, there was maybe not a more perfect time for Lovecraft Country. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lovecraft Country fucked me up, to be honest with you. This show impacted me... In a lot of ways that I didn't really expect, and uh, it was it was pretty wild, man. It was overall I really enjoyed Lovecraft Country, especially as its own little single shot, and what they do with a lot of the episodes. Whereas a lot of the episodes are almost sort of little mini homages, which uh, ding, that's Kyle's word of 2020 <laughs> is homage. Uh, but to there are a lot of little homages to different franchises or styles of horror or thrillers. Uh, there's a very obvious Indiana Jones episode, which is a hoot. Um, <laughs> and just, there's a, there's a haunted house episode. Which, it's, oh, that one is thematically so fucking good. So yeah, good. And again, it's all told through the lens of African-Americans in desegregated America, like mm-hmm. 1950. For what it dude it's it's a wild ass flick man yeah so, uh, or, yeah i i mostly agree i i think it works better on the individual and when it tries to do the big overarching things is kind of where it maybe shows it's a little bit messier and it's fine because i still think yeah. it delivers some of the highest highs of tv this year the uh first two episodes i think are a fantastic little one two movie anthology like one and done 
really solid stuff. Some of the most uncomfortable, like, uh, nervous energy in a scene since, like, I, I think you pointed out the Inglorious Bastard opening. It's that for, like, almost two hours for that the, those first two hours, and that's brilliant. But they have one, like, that's all about the Japanese or Korean kumio. And mm-hmm. that, that episode's fucking brilliant. and has almost little or nothing to do with the rest of the show. And I like that it kind of takes those moments for that kind of stuff and lets it ride. And even though it doesn't work, it's still, like, it's it's a ton of fun. And the it theming is. and editing is always fucking top-notch in the show. There is also that uh, the Hippolyta episode is some of, like, that's maybe peak TV for me. That show is Good Man, sci-fi. that shit was wild. But I also agree with you, like, a lot of parts of it are really messy and jumbled. Like, mm-hmm. that first episode, dude, when that ended, I was like, that was an entire season in one fucking episode. Like, they yeah. cram a lot of shit in, and it it really, shockingly, well, not shockingly, but it, it hurts it, and it, it's just sad. It's, it's with anything where you try to cram too much in, it, it just, you, you turn off almost, because you just are overwhelmed. There's, but... Again, when you stick to it, man, there's some wild shit. That dude body hanging in the closet, like, is some dude. There's some fucked up shit in here. Good body horror. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a really good imagery. Overall. Really, really well done set pieces. I, I just, yeah, a lot of good things to be said. I have no idea what they'll do for a second season, <laughs> or if they even will do one. But yeah, oh I'm, yeah, I'm curious to see. Ooh. So interesting. I would imagine with what I hit it would be they'd bring it back, but I'd be curious if it's like an anthology kind of thing, like American Horror Story, and they just start like a new whole thing, which would be okay with me too. Could be. Could also turn into uh, True Detective Season 2. But I hear so, True Detective Season 3 brought it right back, and it can work. Yeah, and honestly, I like Season 2 as yeah. well. It's just a little weird for sure. Yeah. Uh, Okay. And I blame that more on casting and maybe acting too, because good casting can still surprise you if the performance is there. And mm-hmm. that's also, there's a lot going on with it. Anyways, uh, moving on, buddy. What, what, uh, what do you got? Some stuff TV wise. All right. So TV wise in 2020, one of the shows I loved from the previous year and came back with a fucking vengeance was The Boys. Uh, the boys okay, yeah. season two speaking on 2020 and political themes and allegories and kind of what the media does and doesn't do to manipulate you and how you can't really trust corporations and big business and all this shit with a bunch of heavily, heavily like, you know, themed racial episodes. And like, I'm not going to spoil things, but. There are, I don't know. I'm not going to spoil things. <laughs> I really want to because this show goes fucking wild and crazy. Um, if you've seen the first season, like the very first episode of The Boys has some of the most shocking turns and twists in it that it felt like it, it was going to be really hard for any season to top what they had done. And season two just kind of picks the ball, gets it up and going. It gives a little bit more time to the characters in the first half. Let's you really get to like know some of the second stringers from the first season that didn't get some full attention. The first season was all like the the main character and Billy Butcher and then Homelander. This season builds up so many other people. 
so that it all kind of starts to come together in this very, very satisfying, like interwoven kind of connecting story thread. And they juggle so much and they do it all, I think, kind of perfectly. And it ends in a very, very satisfying way. Um, I cannot recommend The Boys enough. I think it's one of the smartest shows on TV. Uh, and I think people might pass it off because it's a superhero show. But mm-hmm. don't let like that shit fool you. It's it's real smart. Real smart stuff. So, R- Ryan, if you were me, would you recommend the show? Um, if I was Kyle, I would absolutely recommend... I, I think you'd... If you're a fan of Kingsman and like kind of what they do there with their like kind of political allegory and then like that ultra violence, that's the boys, but with the superhero skin on it. It's okay. It's a lot of fun. It's really smart, really sharp shit. And uh, they even make what could be a very dull like Scientology arc a whole lot of fun and do some interesting new things on it. And they have some fun things to say. I, I love the show. I think it's got a lot going for it. It's on Amazon. I highly recommend it. All right. Well, I slept on it for like the two seasons, even though everybody recommended it. Again, that was <laughs> sort of my choice. I was in a weird place with my consuming of media this year. So I, uh, I, what do I want to say? I purposefully avoided mm-hmm. the boys. Just, I, I just wanted to, but. Uh, I think on your recommendation, that might be what I start next outside mm-hmm. of what I want to start next. So, I mean, the boys, if you, I would, uh, it's, it's a show one. that I challenge anybody to watch that first episode. And if you're not shocked and intrigued to keep going, feel free to stop. It's not for you. It's never going to be for you. It, it, it's one of those shows right away. It knows exactly what it is. It knows what it's doing. And you're either on board or not. It doesn't have to. Take a season to find itself. It's there. It's going. I was going to say. It's good. I sat through all of the Umbrella Academy, so. Ooh, I still have not gone through season two because I of how either. all over the place season one was. <laughs> right. So, good. Yeah. Oh, man. So, that's so not going to be on my list. Spoiler. What's this, what's this <laughs> chemistry we got going here, bro? Like, what's this about? Uh, uh, so, you say the boys. I'm going to jump in here. Uh, I'm going to give... Uh, our good buddy Mike, a, a little boner pop here. Uh, this is a show that I know he watched this year. I think also our buddy Mitchell watched this year. Uh, it's the only reality show I have on here. This is on my Lego list, too. <laughs> called Lego Masters, right? Oh, shit. No, it's not on my list. I thought you were going to say something else. I'm sorry. What did you think? All right. Well, I'll we'll wait. get to yours. <laughs> so, All yeah, right. Lego Masters, hosted by Will Arnett of Batman, the Lego Batman fame, was uh, it was just... A simple elimination reality show where these people built elaborate Lego models, which was awesome to see every week. Yeah. Some people like to see people bake cakes. I was super into these people building Lego creations that were ridiculous. Uh, the thing that I thought was funny about this one compared to other ones, like as I was watching it, I was just imagining the production cost has got to be insane because these people are given like 12, 18 hours to build these things because they're building from Legos, like from like piece by piece. So like, you know, like a cake baking show, they're doing that. They get like an hour. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. you're baking the cake, maybe two hours. And they're they're churning out like multiple of those a day. Dude, they're doing like one episode of Lego Masters a day. Hmm. That's fucking wild, man. But it's worth huh. it. I think it's a great show. I don't know how long it goes on. But uh, okay. 
They built some cool shit, man. I was going to ask, uh, what are some of the prompts that they were given? So uh, in a cake show, like they're like, make one that's a haunted house theme. Sure. Like, what are some yeah. of the what are some of the projects? Or uh, of course, they idea? did like uh, so. They usually like would make them almost like everybody was sort of in the same theme. So like one group of dudes would do like a superhero sort of thing, and these other people would sort of focus on the super villain. Oh, and so like th- they do things like that a lot and uh like a theme like so you had to get uh everybody had to do just a city theme one time but they could design whatever city they wanted and these one guys of course went super sci-fi these other people went super medieval the the hipster chicks went with like boho new york hipster town because of course but it was all around <laughs> it's crazy to see people build shit like that and uh it was a pretty good way to spend an hour a night. Nice. So, I am, masters. I am almost sold. Answer me this, Kyle. Are the contestants overly annoying in their personality, or is that handled pretty well? Because that's one Actually, of my big turnoffs in reality TV. But I too, like the Lego and, concept. And I don't deal with it, and they're all very enjoyable people. Uh, Perfect. I, I think a big part of it is that they are all super huge nerds because they spend 18 hours building Lego stuff, so... They're not going to be, like, annoyingly weird in the look-at-me sort of way. So, cool. all around, they're very grounded people. And it's cool shit, man. So Very nice. Uh, for Micah and Mitch, who have seen this, do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite contestant you rooted for? Uh, there was these two dudes that both had pretty nice beards, and they were pretty cool guys. I think they got, uh, I don't want to say what they got, but they did very well. The beard well. bros. <laughs> yeah, the beard bros were pretty cool guys. So, right. uh, I liked them. <laughs> Fantastic. I like it. All right. Well. So, I gotta hear, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta direct you. I gotta know what your fucking reality show starring Will Arnett is. It wasn't... Alright, so I jumped on before you said Will Arnett. I heard reality show and then Micah's recommendation that Micah also saw it. So it's Survivor. It is not Survivor. Uh, (laughs) I have not seen Survivor since the 90s, uh, and that's okay. (laughs) I had had my share. Uh, (laughs) uh, It is Netflix uh, original Tiger King. uh, The Phenomenon that okay. took over everywhere in March because mm-hmm. it is an insane fucking journey. It is one of the most engaging documentary series I've seen in a while. And it is not high art. It is not like a pretentious thing. It is trash. It is just consumable trash. But oh my God, the depth <laughs> of trash, like right? the trash on display here is insane. <laughs> it is insane. Oh, and how they justify... Like, how they're not the trash that the other trash is, is just, it's, it perfectly illuminates how you get to a situation like 2020 and people are so, like, in their own, like, mindset and alternate reality. Tiger King is a great example of how we get there. How we get to that point. I love it. (laughs) How is, how does Tiger King stack up to the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia? I have not seen that movie. That oh, that's a show, right? That that is no, like a, a continue. It's a movie. It's a it's a documentary. Okay. Uh, I have not seen produced, it. Produced produced by Dick House and uh, so like Jeff Tremaine, Jackass, Ooh. dude. I'll watch Tiger King if you watch Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. Like, I'm in, I'm 
I'm into it based off of Tremaine alone. That that's curious to me. Okay, I'm into it's, it. Yeah, it's a dude. It is some of the trashiest stuff I have ever seen, and I am a connoisseur Oof. of trashy. Oof! Yeah, are we talking like in, John Waters level of trashy here, or no, like what's talking, what's the definition of trashy? Just to make sure we're talking the same trashy. Poor West Virginia white trash percocetted out of their mind. Okay. Alright. Like Alright, Tiger King is the next level. It's the trash that's made it for themselves and now are okay. convinced that they're not trash. The trash that's on YouTube making songs about tiger love kind of trash. Like hardcore rock music videos with a country guitar and American flag about looking to the eyes of a tiger. Like that well, kind of so trash. I'll tell you... So the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia are even known because of the patriarch of the family, Jesco White, who is known as the dancing outlaw. There was a PBS documentary about him shot in like 1980. Um, he's just a lawless piece of shit. The character of early Kyler from Squidbillies is kind of loosely based on Jesco and just like the garbageness of how he talks and acts. And so, yeah, it's, uh, see, that's some good shit, dude. Super cringe. I don't want to tell you anything about the movie because there is so much. Okay. And I don't want to spoil anything, man. I'll jump in. uh, I'm still not entirely sure it's for me, but I'm going to jump in. I'll make you that promise. I'll tell you this. It'll be a future episode. So me and sound engineer Andre uh, (laughs) both are massive fans of this movie. That doesn't bode well because we both also really like uh, Private Valentine. Fully admit this, but this is a completely different thing. When it comes to like backing a movie choice, you never want to hear... Sound engineer Andy is on my side on this one. (laughs) Yeah, but trust me on this one. It it actually holds true. It's because it's not a bad movie. Okay. That's why I like Private Valentine, and that's why you don't, because it's a bad movie. It's horrible. Wild and Wonderful Whites is a mind-blowing documentary of a point and period in time. Man. All right. Look at this. You come for the 2020 recommendations, you, you leave for the wonderful world of the Whites. Or, yeah, I'm not going to remember that name, but we will I'll do tell this. You. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you off camera. Anyways, uh, I totally did. We I stepped all over your. Uh, oh no, that's it. Argument. Oh, Tiger, Tiger King. King. It's if you've not heard about it at this point, or you've not been true, interested. True. At the moment, may have passed, but I still think it's a really fascinating documentary worth watching. But it's one you probably have heard everything at this point about, so you kind of know about, about it. Yeah, yeah. It memefied. Early yeah. 2020, for sure. So, mm-hmm. uh, what about you? Any more shows? I've got, I've got three more. Um, uh, two of same. which, same. So we were perfectly okay. matched. So two of these are uh, Fox cartoons. So I will actually end with those. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that there is a fantastic little Netflix show starring two of my favorite actors called Middle Ditch and <gasps> Swartz. The improv show. I've not seen this yet. Yeah, I uh, highly recommend the fuck out of this. It's I'm the two of them tonight. doing long-form <laughs> improv. It's fucking fantastic. I, what If you know, so Thomas Middleditch is from uh, Silicon Valley, 
And Ben Schwartz is, of course, uh, Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec. Uh, the annoying brother from Step Brothers. <laughs> so. And or no, yeah. Middle Ditch, um, I've seen in a few movies now, uh, and he is a fucking talent. Like, he really underplays it and does, like, one note in Silicon Valley, and he does it very, very well. But he's got real comedic range. I think he's going to yeah. be a fucking discovery. And Ben Schwartz is Sonic. I mean, come on. <laughs> There's so many other better ones you could have gone to. I know. I know. <laughs> I actually, I got him confused with fucking Ben Wyatt and not John Ralphio. That's... I wanted to clarify. I fucked it up. Oh, that's yeah, because that's... you are the worst. I am the worst. <laughs> I am the worst. No, uh, but yeah. So Middle East and Schwartz, I don't have much to say about it because it is just, it, it's improv. If that's not your thing, don't watch it because it's <laughs> long form improv, which is uh, even a little bit harder to take. But if it's your thing and you like those two dudes, it's very good. So at the at the very least, fucking give it a chance because it's unlike anything else you're gonna fucking see on TV. And yeah. fucking support that. That's great. I will always do that. <laughs> nice. I like that recommendation. All right. What about you, buddy? I have, let's do one of my fluffy ones. What We Do in the Shadows Season 2 came out. Um, And this was a lucky year because I got to catch up on a lot of stuff. 2020, not not a ton of new things I delved into, but I did, it was my catch up year. So one of the shows I got into was What We Do in the Shadows on FX. And Season 2 came out this year and I got to do both seasons in the middle of this year. And this show... Is so good, but this is one of those shows that does not know exactly what it is yet for, like, the first half of season one. The second half of season one, they really start picking shit up. And, like, not to spoil things, but, like, I I think it really comes to a head when they have, like, a Vampire Council episode towards the end of season one. And they bring back a lot of famous vampires from popular fiction on the council. And it's a really great nod. And, of course, like... Uh, Jemaine and, um, Taika are back, and, and I can't think of the third guy, the other, the other vampire. From, the tiny one. Yeah, I know, right? Yes. Uh, Deacon is his name, but I can't think of his, the actor. But they're all back. There's some good shit. Even, I'm not gonna ruin it. It's really, really, really good shit. Really smart shit. And I think season two on, you also get a lot of Kyle Newichek from the Workaholics starts what? directing a ton of episodes. So oh, it really gets that kind of vibe. Oh yeah, he's in them. He's not oh, in them. No, 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 no. Oh, he's not in them. Oh, he directs them. He directs them. So they start feeling like workaholics too. Yeah, I was already on board that he directed them, but I got super hyped that he was also in them. Uh, I just <laughs> fucking love that dude. I think he's great. I have uh, socks that say "Save Carl." He's uh, great. He's great. But he's doing really good things. And that's season two is like I'm his baby I'm, I'm and Jermaine's baby. It's both of like, them. You can see their yeah. influence. It's great. Highly I wrote recommend. I the boys down, but I am starting What We Do in the Shadows tonight. Again, push past those first six episodes. I, I but like the movie. I know what I'm getting into, but for sure. The first six really feel like a lesser imitation of the movie. They kind of retread a lot of the same okay. ground minus a new vampire type and then they start getting into some new ideas and some new territory and then it it gets really really i think special um they lean into the character's strengths and that's when we start to get like full matt berry shit later on in season one and season two 
There's a season two episode called I, I want to say his name is like Johnny Daytona, where he goes on the run and creates a whole separate alias for himself, and it's fantastic. I I cannot recommend this series enough. All right, I'm in. I'm in, buddy. <laughs> what about you? What's what's next on uh, your list? The next one is honestly, this is probably my least enjoyed of 2020 Mm. but i still enjoyed it um it's a fox cartoon uh it's called bless the hearts i'm gonna be honest i think uh part of the reason i like this show is because it's set in north carolina and i got into it when i moved here so it was kind of a uh, uh, something for me to attach to um it's a little awkward it's got a speaking of um Silicon Valley, who is, uh, I can't think of his fuck, Kare- who's the Indian dude? Oh, um, Kamel, Kamel Nanjiani. Kamil. Uh, so he, he plays Jesus in the show. Ooh. But Jesus is just like a painting of the Last Supper on the wall of the restaurant that the main chick works at, and he's like her ah. conscience, essentially. Okay. Um, it's like Big Mouth and the dead musician up in the yeah, attic I can't uh, think of. I can't think of his name either, but I know it's uh, Jordan Peele that does the voice. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you there. But anyway, so it's it's okay, is what I want to say. It's if you like Fox cartoons, it's re- it's a lot less crude. I will say that. Hmm. Uh, it's more. It's it's almost kind of honestly got a bit of a Daria vibe. And uh, so sardonic. A bit. More with the teenage daughter. It's like a single mom, teenage daughter, and the grandma's there, and then she also has a boyfriend. Everybody's, like, an enjoyable enough character. It's just, it's all, it doesn't, maybe it's, it's just not all firing yet. Okay. I, I think they're also still kind of unsure what they're doing with it, so. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of there, it's enjoyable, but overall, uh, I would only recommend it if you already are watching the Fox cartoons. Okay. Is so. there is there anybody else besides Kumail Nanjiani on there that that's recognizable? There, are, I think, uh, I think it's Kristen Wiig. You had to ask me. Oh, really? Know. That's interesting. Um, let me look because I'm curious. There is some talent on there. Bless the hearts. I am deep. Jillian Bell from Workaholics. Oh, okay, cool. She's cool. the daughter. Uh, yeah, it is Kristen Wiig. She's the main character. Maya Rudolph is the mom. She is getting around in the voice uh, yep. acting circuit. <laughs> uh, Fortune Feimster plays like the uh, the the sassy friend at the restaurant. It's I don't it's think I know work, that man. person. <laughs> that sounded she, she, like words I'm not familiar. <laughs> she's a stand up comedian. She's pretty great. Oh, okay, I I wow. like Fortune. Oh. She's an enjoyable enough, but overall, like I it. I like what it's trying to do. I just don't think it's doing it very well. So I give it a little bit more. And, uh, but yeah, I got one more after that one. That's not, I'm not ending on my sour note. Okay. No worries. Uh, I have two more left. I will save my highest one for last. So I'll go with probably what is my second favorite show of the year. Um, this is going to be one that's fucking controversial and nobody's going to like it and fuck anybody who fucking comes at me just right away. It's Netflix's Haunting of Bly Manor. 
It is not a goddamn ghost story. It is a love story. It's a romance story. It is a very sweet, very, very strong thematic character study where, like, death and ghosts represent human trauma and pain and that kind of shit. The, the, The inability to move on. And in that sense, like... What they've been doing in, on Netflix with these Haunting of series, the Haunting of Bly Manor, and then before that, the Haunting of Hill House, I think are, are creating long-form A24 movies. It is that kind of level of care, attention, and craftsmanship done in each of these episodes. Um, they do some really interesting things, and, and like I said, I think a lot of people are not going to enjoy this one as much because it's not the haunting of Hill House. It is a very differently paced and differently themed show and is a lot lighter. It's not as scary. They're not as interested in like the ghosts or the spooks as much as like the relationships and kind of the mechanics of the afterlife. There is a, um, there's an episode midway through that's again, I think maybe one of the most brilliant things I've seen in a horror piece of entertainment in a long long time and it is just how somebody deals with mortality i will say to be very vague it's the hannah episode it focuses all around the character of hannah and the way it's edited the way it's shot is a fucking master class in storytelling they give you just enough information to like kind of have an idea of what's happening without ever fully saying it and then they don't fucking say it in the episode. They leave it to you. They trust you're smart. And it's that kind of, I guess, care that a director takes when they don't kind of down talk to you that I really appreciate. And that's what I've gotten out of this show. I think it's sweet. Um, God, I love this show a lot. And, and the main actress is fucking going places. I don't know what else she's done outside of these haunting ofs, but she's just fan-fucking-tastic. So she's in both seasons. Yeah. She was okay. the youngest daughter, Nell, in the first season. And in this one, she kind of got upgraded to, like, the main character status. And she handles it suitably. Fucking Is she perfectly still suitably. the same character? Nope. Different. Different, okay, cool. different, completely different stories and I different things. I have not watched uh, these. We've started Haunting of Hill House, uh, but I, f- I forget why we paused it. We got one episode in, and then something else came up. Um, that's it's one that might not reveal itself what it is right away and i would say stick with it because it's one where like once you do the next episode you're like oh that episode was slightly different and it focused around that i wonder why and then third one doesn't it's like huh i wonder why they're doing it that way and then the fourth one goes and you're like oh there's a fucking trend here oh i see what they're doing okay and then once you get that then they're like here's a 30 minute fucking one one take where they're going through different <laughs> like times and you're like, oh my God, this is the best show ever. It's good stuff. Well, all right. Shit, man. <laughs> so obviously 2021 is going to be the year of uh, passive media for me. I'm, I'm, I've got to watch all this shit that I've missed. Even if I'm watching it by myself, I got to get into this shit, I guess. I will. We'll do, we'll um, do Netflix watch parties. Fuck it. I'll watch through Hill House again or something. All right. I'm into that. Fuck mm-hmm. it, man. Yeah. Uh, so I guess before we get to our top ones, man, let's kind of talk about uh, some some something we hope to get into. I know we both have something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, I also just want to take this moment to uh, plug. While I didn't watch a lot of stuff, of course, I obviously uh, watched The Office tons of times, and I am watching it now again. 
via Peacock, because of course I signed up for Peacock. Uh, but I do want to say they are doing, they're making it worthwhile because they are adding new shit and it's fucking cool. Uh, so far they've done season three. Every, they have this thing called fan episodes or super fan episodes where they've, each episode has like at least, uh, two to three minutes of like cut scenes mm. edited back in. Uh, and they're really fucking cool, especially for people like me that have seen this show immense amount of times, like to see new shit and like, to recognize that it's mm-hmm. new, it's, it's a fuck. It's making it enjoyable all over again to watch this shit. It's really cool. So smart. Uh, if you are a fan of The Office, I have to recommend Peacock just because they're doing that, and they, it's not there yet, but they are going to do it to every season of The Office, and that's just why they haven't done it yet because they're currently doing it. So uh, check that out. And the other show that I plan to watch is a little show that kind of flew under my radar, but seems perfectly suited for me called dark it's a netflix show okay yeah that is uh i know it's german yeah it's based in germany and it deals with like time travel and nuclear shit and it just seems fucking tailor-made for me it's so really 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 good i've only seen the first season i've not seen the second or third but the first season starts strong right away. It's good. And I hear they only get better. Like, mm-hmm. each season is actually superior, and it fucking is fantastic through and through. So yep. I'm definitely going to check out Dark, and uh, I guess maybe you are too, since you've only seen the first season. I'd be down for finishing it off. Yeah, Laura was into it as well. I think we just got so, sidetracked, probably with Lovecraft Country or something. I was really jonesing for, like, Something that everybody was talking about. Nobody's talking about dark. I wanted to watch something people were talking about. <laughs> but yes, I want to get back to it because that show is real good. Yeah. All right. So uh, what about you? What do you got to recommend? Um, well, I'll do the same thing before I do my, I guess, final show of 2020 that I really enjoyed. Um, but shows I didn't get around to that I've heard are fantastic that I do want to. Um, the Flight Attendant. On HBO with Kaylee Cuoco, I hear is great. I hear it's pretty good, too. Um, Uh I May Destroy You, also on HBO, um, from Michaela. I can't think of her name. She is from uh, Britain. She's an up-and-coming voice, but this is all about how you deal with the trauma of potentially date rape. And kind of, it's a season of that, and I hear it handles it brilliantly and is shockingly funny. For a show that's about that. So that, that has wow. me interested. And yeah, I think, okay. you know, given how British comedy and drama are essentially the fucking same in most of those BBC shows, I can get it. I get that sense of dark comedy and I'm okay with that. So that seems like something I'd be into. Um, Debs. Debs was from, uh, oh shit, I can't think of the director's name from Ex Machina. And oh, Alex man, Garland. I was thinking about X fucking Machina today. That's weird as shit, dude. Well, he has an FX show called Dev starring Ron Swanson himself and a few other people. That's all about big AI. And it's supposed to be real fucking smart and insightful. Haven't got around to that, but that's one that is on my list. It's a limited one and done season. Even more Love attractive. Those. Love yep. those. Yes. Well, fucking A, man. Well, uh, I'm going to jump in then, I guess, with my last show that I enjoyed of 2020. All right. And that is a little show. It's another Fox cartoon called Duncanville. Ooh. what's I've not heard of this one. I've heard of the uh, Bless the Hearts. I've not heard of Duncanville. Okay. 
I'm surprised that you haven't heard of Duncanville then, because Duncanville is uh, created by Amy Poehler. Hmm? She okay. voices the main character, Duncan, and the mom. It's also got Ty Burrell as the dad. Okay. It's fucking the, great. Uh, Modern Family, right, Bill? Yep. The okay. dad from Modern Family. Uh, it's got fucking uh, Wiz Khalifa as a teacher. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Rashida Jones is like the uh, the cute okay. love interest girl. Okay. Um, it's got it's a lot of fun, man. Oh, it's a, cool a show. little uh, Amy Rashida reunion for Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah, okay. and uh, it's just it's it's like you know modern age teenage sort of shit. So I I sort of relate because I was a teenager, but again, it's like this modern shit too. But then I've also got like uh, Ty Burrell is like he's the they're like the washed up rocker people that like have kids now. And so he like still holds on to some of that shit. So that's enjoyable. He plays that well. Um, the over the hill rocker enjoyable, man. I really like Duncanville a whole lot. It's, it's a sweet show. Uh, again, it's Fox is not going crude with the, the last two that they've released because Duncanville is also very sweet. It's very modern, uh, very, very current, uh, touches like on it. a lot of political currental issues not in a political way but just things that our people are talking about and it addresses them respectfully so so more in vain to like bob's burgers right yeah yeah absolutely we're just yep yep. (laughs) awesome fucking a for if you like bob's burgers i think you'd really like duncanville too so nice very nice i am going to check that one out that's also written down right after middle did some swords for me (laughs) nice all right uh, my final one for 2020 then, um, this is another second season that came back and I thought was even stronger the second time around. And this is from the series that Kyle has given up forever. Star Wars, the Mandalorian. Oh, season I haven't two. given it up. I just <laughs> haven't started it like everything else. Uh, I hear great things, man. I, I literally there's, I've not heard a bad thing about the Mandalorian season one and everything I've heard about season two is that it's superior in nearly every way. And I need to get off my fucking ass and I have Disney plus Mm -hmm. I have literally no excuse. I need to watch the Mandalorian. So I, all right, this might help sell it more. There are only eight, I think eight episodes a piece. Some are directed by pretty high people up like John Favreau, Taika Waititi. So you get like some really good creative voices each one is almost like its own little episode in the way that Lovecraft Country is. It, it tells its own little story while, like, they've got, like, this big thing. So, no spoil. I mean, it's, you know about Baby Yoda. The child. The child. He has to get Baby Yoda somewhere. That's the season one arc. Every episode is like, he gets stuck on a planet. New adventure. He has to do this. New adventure. It's, it's these self-contained stories that, like, allow them to be, like, a horror episode. Or this is now, like, a Western episode. It's essentially like, I, all right, season two opens with an episode with Timothy Oliphant as a sheriff in a fucking like Tatooine village. And it's like that kind of like brilliant kind of shit, like where they it's go really hard genre. Like yeah. it's, it's so much okay. fun. And Kyle, they do a fan service in a way that would make you happy. They do a lot of fun stuff. It's, it's really, really smart. Season well, two. I mean- so good. It's your number one show. Oh, also Robert Rodriguez makes a comeback and starts directing again. And it's real good here. It's really okay. good. <laughs> I mean, 
Again, I gotta, I gotta fucking nut up. I gotta shut up. <laughs> I gotta watch a lot of fucking TV, man. Uh, apparently, um, you do because otherwise nobody will listen to my recommendations. They need to be coming from you. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, uh, 2020. I'm surprised that we were. I guess I watched more TV than I thought I did. Um, yeah, more new stuff at least. So. Me. I was glad it was all very different. We didn't have, I didn't yeah. think, any overlap. We got, we both brought new things to the table. And I love, uh, I love a year like that. That's a good year. That is a good year. Mm-hmm. Um, Surprisingly. Amazingly, we just said that about 2020. <laughs> we know what we said, listeners. <laughs> As stated before, go fuck yourself and fuck off while you do it. Uh, we're bringing 2020 with a vengeance, man. Uh, so yeah, man, there's a, uh, I'm surprised at the amount of TV I did watch this year. Same, um, same. Um, and and we, again, not just catching up because I fucking caught up on a lot of shit that did. I had to weed out so much non 2020 TV for my list. Like, I'm surprised how much TV I was able to watch, and uh, it was all mostly pretty good. I I really can't complain. Good well, year. that's maybe that's the good thing about TV is that. You can bail out when you know early enough. You don't have to sit through an hour and a half mm-hmm. of, I guess you don't have to sit through 10 hours of bullshit. You still sit through usually at least an hour and be like, okay, I don't like this. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I digress. I did that uh, with the Queen's Gambit. Oh, you sat through it? I haven't started it. Is Three it episodes good? and I was like, nope, I'm done. Okay. It looks not- really nice. It's well acted, but it is the most by the fucking numbers chess thing you could think of. Every beat that they do in sports movies, like they fucking go <laughs> over here. It's it's not. It's, it's the not addiction story. It's the fucking, it's a fucking drawn out to a season. I'm okay. I'll yeah. watch Necessary Roughness instead. Yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. But goddamn, does it look pretty? I guess that's enough. Um. That is enough. That's going to be enough. And that's how we're going to get through this next year, everybody. <laughs> uh, hope you're pretty enough, because if you're not, we're not making it. 2021. So, God damn it. Gotta be it's pretty. pretty. Is that enough? <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is going to be the wrap up. We're going to, we're going to call the TV episode of 2020 wrapped up. It's in the bank. Next up, we're going to do movies. Uh, and that'll be a whole nother week away, even though we just recorded it. <gasps> but uh, again, audience, fuck you. You got to wait. <laughs> no, we love you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, until next time, really. I'm Kyle. I'm Ryan. And uh, look at you. I don't know. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>